0: Good morning everyone. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Come on. Oh, it's a great Sunday. Great Sunday to be at church here. Want to give a special shout out to Pastor Nate and Pastor Jody. Just so grateful for our leaders. Can we just give it up for our leaders as well? Grateful for Pastor Nate, and Pastor Jody. I want to welcome you once again. If you're joining online, hey, welcome. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us here today. Uh, Man, today, I'm excited for the message here today. We are not in a sermon series, but we are, it's kind of like a a, a week where we're just kind of going, all right, God, what are you, what are you speaking, God? Where are you leading? And uh, um, I was just, uh, as I was praying and preparing for the message here today, one of the things that I just kept reflecting on, I was hanging out with my boys and they're at that age, we have a nine and a six-year-old, and they ask a lot of questions questions. It's like right when you're trying to answer one of the questions, like all of a sudden like the next question comes out, right? And but there's these moments, these trinkets, if you will, around our house. And, and they kept asking, Dad, what's this? What's this? And there's all these stories, right, of that, that we just kept sharing and this watching this awe and wonder come about them as they heard these stories of what God had been doing and what God did in our life. And it was one of those moments. I'm like, God, this is it, right? Was the, the, the art of being able to look back And to see all that God has done and to be grateful for all that he has spoken. And so the title of today's message is, If You Know, You Know. Right? So there's, a, there's an acronym as well. Some of you may have seen it uh, over the last several years. There was a, um, a, a trend of, it was the letters, the I-Y-K-Y-K. And they'd be, uh, once again, stood for, if you know, you know. And they'd be over these photos of like these different seasons and moments in life that would conjure up these different memories and stories. So the first one we have here, uh, we're just going to, we're going to take it back old school. And we're going to bring it back to present here. So the first one here, it's the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston edition, two VHS tapes, all right? Now, some of you don't even know what a VHS tape is. Let me bring you back. When this bad boy was brought out, it was gonna be a cinematic experience, okay? Like, there was an actual halftime because you had to take out the one VHS tape to put in the second one, right? And, I mean, the Ten Commandments, it was a staple in our household. The next one, as we progress over there, is this thing called the Tamagotchi, right? It was... Uh, I mean, there was some there, it's like this was, you're like, okay, am I gonna have a pet? Am I not gonna have a pet? I have a Tamagotchi, yay. It was like this whole thing, right? This next one, this, this is how you knew you had a real one as a friend. If you got into somebody's car and on their visor, They had some, not just CDs, they had mixtapes, right? Like they had the original Spotify playlist, right? They're trying out some names and stuff like that. And I mean, it was such an experience because you're sitting there like, wait till track seven. What's on track seven? We're only on track three. Wait till you find out. I got four more. Like it was a whole thing. So if you had someone, you you got in someone's car and they had that on their visor, it was game time, right? And then this next one conjures up, it's like the Disney of the Midwest, right? It's like Blockbuster, man, like, it, it was, that was one of the few things, like, you know, parents would call us in, like, hey, we're, it's dinner time, it's like, yeah, and then it's like, hey, we're going to Blockbuster, yeah, we're about to rent a movie, and so the membership card, it was a whole, whole deal. Now, this one, uh, as we got a little farther on, this speaks to my millennial heart here, something known as American Online, or AOL. Now, some of you will never know the stress and the frustration that when there was someone that you liked, had an interest in, and you wanted to make a phone call, right? You had to make sure someone was not on the internet Otherwise, that call was not getting made, okay? Like, there was just, there was a situation going on. Now, I do have to shout out AOL because I, that's where, with my wife, I slid into her AOL instant messenger, uh, like the original DMs and all that, and ring, don't lie, God is good, all right? Uh, so some, I, I, I'm looking at some of the, uh, the younger people in the room. They're like, okay, that's all old stuff. I got you, okay? This was like, I, like over the last 10 years, I, I heard a student, he goes, dude, my fidget spinner got me through some things in 2020. I'm like... All right, man, look at God, right? Like, and so we look back at all these pictures, and I'm sure you have some as well, that they conjure up these stories, these moments, these adventures, and, and all of these things, people that you were doing life with and, and all of that, but isn't it interesting how quickly we can forget those seasons? Isn't it interesting how quickly, all of a sudden, we can forget what it felt like to be in that age or to for, forget what it felt like to be in those situations, right? And I think back to when it comes to our faith journey as well, how easy it is to forget who God is, what God has done, and what God has spoken to you. That when we look at the pace of life that we choose to live at or the things that we say yes to, and we're we're just kind of caught up in the rapids of this world, if you will, just with work and family and all the different responsibilities. And a lot of them are good, but then all of a sudden we find ourselves at this spot, and a lot of times it shows itself in these valley seasons, these moments where we feel disconnected, and all of a sudden we go, God, was that real? God, are, are you real? Is what you spoke to me back then still true today? And we are so quick, within our humanity, we are so quick to forget who God is, what he's done and what he's spoken. So today, with the title of the message, once again, if you know, you know. We're going to be looking at a text here found in 1 Samuel, or First Samuel chapter seven. Um, we're going to be breaking that down uh, here just in a few moments. I want to encourage you guys to be taking notes. My friend Jonathan Rivera, he has a fun quote that's challenged me over the years. He said, "You can't remember what God told you if you don't remember what God told you." Right. And so it's this encouragement to be leaning in, to take those notes, to capture those moments of what God was speaking and what God was doing in those in that time. So first Samuel chapter seven. And as you're turning there, whether you have your paper Bibles or you're on your phone, I just want to provide a little bit of context for those of you that are newer to the word of God. The word of God is broken up into two portions, Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament is before Jesus uh, showed up, and the New Te- Testament was after Jesus showed up. We see the first four books in the New Testament, known as the Gospels, were capturing the mission uh, of Jesus, and, and all these different interactions and vantage points in the book of Acts after that captured the, the birthing of the capital C Church. Now, the Old Testament, I, I love the Old Testament because it's like this wrestling match of like humanity at its finest, and all of the, the cracks, all of the, the mess-ups and the shortcomings, because there was was a lot of them, but watching how God continued to show up his patient endurance, his love, even back then. And so, uh, what we find though in 1 Samuel chapter 7 is Israel has caught a lot of losses. The, the L's were starting to pile up. Now, for us in the Minnesota sports scene, we, we recognize this emotion and this feeling a bit, right? Um, listen, this year's different, right? It's always different. and I'm believing that this year. It's different. Uh, but with that, I look back, and, and you look at the previous couple chapters, and there was loss after loss. And there's a different mindset, right? That when a lot of things have just hit the fan, if you will, they begin piling up. There's a mindset that begins to develop. There's an attitude that begins to develop of like, here we go again. Well, why even try? Why even put forth effort? All, it, it's, it's going to end up the same. That's the way it is for our family. That's the way it's just always been. Why do we even put forth an effort? You start to see this in the first couple chapters leading into 1 Samuel chapter 7. This kind of growing negative mindset, this cynicism and this doubt. And Samuel, everybody say Samuel. Samuel is our, is our main character in the story in 1 Samuel chapter seven. He recognizes, he's like, God, you are too good for them to forget about all that you've done. And so Samuel steps in, and this is where we look at in our text here today, verse three through 13. We're just gonna read through a decent amount of scripture here, but it's gonna begin to set up what does it look like for us to apply and live this out uh, here throughout the week, this month, and into this next year. So 1 Samuel chapter seven Verse three, it reads this. Then Samuel said to the people of Israel, if you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts, get rid of your foreign gods, with all, or get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. Turn your hearts to the Lord and obey him alone. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worship only the Lord. Quick pause. This is one of those like, like how did you think like, this was gonna work? Like, you look back at the different losses, and Samuel's first thing is saying, hey, you have some idols. You have some things that you're focusing on that you shouldn't be focusing on. You're having some things you're putting value in that don't need that value. You have some things that you're drawing wisdom from that actually aren't that wise. Let's just get rid of those. Like, I would have thought after the first loss, like, hey, maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. (laughs) Maybe this giant idol in our house is the reason, right? We might feel this disconnect, and like, but I digress, right? Samuel continues on, verse five. Then Samuel told them, gather all of Israel uh, to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah, and in a great ceremony they drew water from a well, poured it out before the Lord, and they also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. Verse seven, when the Philistine rulers heard that Israel had gathered, they mobilized their army in advance. The Israelites were frightened, when they learned of the Philistines that they were approaching. Do not stop pleading with the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel, and the Lord answered him. Verse 10, just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offerings, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder, From heaven that day, and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah down to Bethkar, slaughtering them along the way. Verse twelve. This is where we're going to hang out today. Verse twelve. Samuel then took a large stone, he placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshanah. He named it Ebenezer. Everybody say Ebenezer. For he said, up until this point. The Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and didn't invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. Now we look at, there's a couple observations here from the text. Now Ebenezer, it does not mean or reference to Ebenezer Scrooge, okay? For some of you that are already deep into the Christmas spirit, right? But we see that in the text, it's known as the stone of help. We see this represented throughout the Old Testament. We see it in Genesis chapter 28. When Jacob uh, puts up a rock as a monument to to credit and give glory to God, we see it in Joshua chapter 4, after Joshua and Israel cross the Jordan River, and they construct this monument of these stones to remind the people of what God has brought them through. And they would construct these monuments, these Ebenezer monuments, to remind people. And what would happen is as people would be passing these points on their journey, kids would stop their parents and go, Dad, what what does that mean? What happened here? And it would cue up a story, and that and if the parents knew it, they'd begin to say, "Well, this is where God showed up." That. Uh, as people were trapped on the other side of the Jordan River, God parted it, and they were able to go through, and then they put up these stones to say that uh, uh, in helping us cross the Jordan River, and there would be these epic tales that would be passed on that would help encourage and inspire the faith of this, this next generation, if you will, back for Israel. So for Samuel, he's recognizing that this is a moment we cannot forget. Because Israel if you, and I can imagine Samuel in a tone of recognizing, you see what it was like to try to do it on your own. You see these last couple losses. This is God. Nobody else. It's not by your strength. It's not by your wisdom. It's not by your might. This was because of God. And we're going to construct this monument, this moment to remind us. Because how many of you know that it wasn't just Israel in this text, but even in today, there's these moments and reminders that we need because we tend to have these wandering souls that are quick to forget who God is, what he has done, and and what he has spoken over to us. I love how in the Expositors Bible, it states this in reference to this text. The Expositors Bible states this. It says, it was no doubt a testimony to a special help obtained in a time of trouble. That this Ebenezer moment, that this rock that Samuel constructed, it was a grateful recognition of that help, and it was an enduring monument to perpetuate the memory of it. Samuel wanted to thank God, not just for the blessings, but his faithfulness. Right, you see that in verse three of chapter seven, it reads that, then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, if you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts, get rid of your foreign gods and these images. Notice, he had recognized that they had placed something before God. That a lot of times, I think the question that I have to wrestle with that I would submit to you here today, that in these moments where you feel like, God, I don't see where you're at in my story. God, I don't see how you're moving and you're acting, and I don't see how you're putting this all together. The question that I have to wrestle with that I would submit to you is, is there something in the way? Is there something in the way that as Samuel looked back at Israel saying, hey, if you wanna return, if you wanna go back, remove these idols from your house. Remove the things that have robbed the attention and the focus and the credit and the glory. Remove them so that you can begin to see who God is and what he's about to do. So some of us, as we reflect on this, if you know, you know. Is there something that's maybe keeping us, that's, that's obstructing our view and our vantage point and our memory when it comes to recalling what God has done for us in, in that time? You see, is in that time when God had removed his presence from the land and they had experienced his defeat, they needed a visual reminder. Um, my parents in the room, I, I don't know if you guys have had this moment where uh, like the phrase comes out of my mouth, How to my nine and six-year-old, how many times do I have to remind you? How many times do I have to tell you? Now, my six-year-old, he's got a little Italian blood pumping through his veins, and he has no problem like giving his, uh, his recanting of it, if you will. And so I said, how many times do I gotta tell you? He goes, obviously not enough. <laughs> I said, dude, you lucky you're cute. Like, you know what you're doing here. The grace of God be upon you. And it's <laughs> but there's these moments, right? We need reminding. We need to Remember. Because it's interesting that in a day and age where the enemy or these lies, the pace of life, will begin to disconnect us to the point where we allow doubt and lies, confusion and worry to creep in. But these moments, as we see in the text, they are to remind us that where our help comes from, who God is, what he's done, and what he has spoken. And so just um, today here, I just want to share a few thoughts from this text and this practice of these moments and the memories and the reflection and how they can help serve as reminders of what, how God has yet to fail. I think it's important to remember that God has yet to fail, won't fail, has never failed. And these are reminders of that. But first, why, why do we forget? Um, there's a, a term that somebody else probably came up with it, but I, I, I'm sure you know, somebody would take credit for it. But the term is called faith amnesia. Uh, Now, faith amnesia, what is faith amnesia? Faith amnesia is uh, is when we forget who God is, what God has done, and what God has said. Now, this tends to show up for me. I I have the great honor and privilege of serving in our Next Gen ministry here. I've been uh, a youth youth pastor here for over 10 years, and every time we have these moments we're going into a camp, a conference, or a convention, you know, I'll ask a couple of students, I'm like, hey, are you guys excited for Avalanche Winter Conference coming up? And every year, Knowing how great it was last year. Every year, I'll get a student that goes, man, it was kind of boring. It was, it was mid, it was like, man, I just, I think I'm too old now. I'm like, bro, you're a sophomore in high school. What do you mean you're too old? Like, And every time, and now, let you know, like, the, Part of my flesh, I, I'm petty. I don't know if there's any other petty people in the room that we gotta bring that to the cross on a daily basis. But I, I, I keep receipts and I keep photos, okay? And what I mean by that is, for us, we love to capture photos and videos as a way to tell the story of what God has done and is doing for our students. And I love, like, I'll pull up, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, camp was pretty boring. Yeah, yeah. Was this you just having the time of your life? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my bad, must have been AI, uh, <laughs> right? And then like, oh, like, oh, it was, oh it was boring. Oh, like, is this you? This is you crying at the altar, like, oh, that's my leader. I love my leader. I love, I can't wait to go. I'm gonna sign up tonight, (laughs) right? But there are these moments, and as, as for my parents or our leaders, those of you that are leading groups or your teachers, like, we have a responsibility as well to help carry on the narrative of who God is and what God has done and what he's spoken. There's these moments because faith amnesia knows no favorites, it does not it is, it's not like oh hey you've been working really hard this season i'm going to i'm going to let you just remember who god is like no it's it's interesting right how we allow ourselves to fall in these moments that we forget so what does it look like to remember What does it look like for us to remember in these moments? I think before we go into the remembering, I think it's important to to remember like we are not the only ones that have wrestled with this. I look back at the disciples. right? You look at Matthew chapter 14 and the story. A lot of you here know this already. But uh, Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, who walked on water. He got out of the boat, walked on water, walking towards Jesus, was distracted by the winds and the waves. And then all of a sudden he starts to sink and Jesus pulls him up. And, and, and I love that part because even though Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, Jesus never took his eyes off of Peter. And then in Mark chapter 4, we find in a similar situation, there's a storm and the disciples are in a boat and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And in their human confusion, they wake Jesus up and they go, don't you care that we're going to die? And it like, once again, Jesus and his patient endurance that he continues to model is not like, hey, do you remember miracle A, B, C, D, E, F, G that we just, like, that was been the last week? You don't think I got this? Like, he goes, hey, he speaks to the wind and the waves, calms the storms. That even in these moments when Jesus was side by side with the followers of Jesus, they had these questions, they had these concerns, but yet Jesus, in his patience, he reminds them of what he has done, who he is. And what he continues to speak. And so what does that look like for us? How can we apply this to our life? What does it look like for us to have these Ebenezer moments and to capture them, to draw from these as we continue on? So the first one here is just that we see in the Ebenezer moments is that God is good. That is just, I mean, these are going to be super practical. There's going to have to be like earth shattering here. But that God is good. That he is Good. It's so interesting that when we go through valley seasons, one of the first tensions what we begin to feel is the questioning of the character of God. God, if you are good, then why? And you begin to fill in the blank with any of the concerns. God, if you're good, then why am I still navigating this this mental health? God, if if, if you are good, why is my family going through this? God, if you are good, then why do I feel or why am I experiencing this? It's one of the first things that gets brought up into it. I love how Psalms 105 verses 1 through 5 captures this. The psalmist writes, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know that what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about this, his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search the Lord. And for his strength, continually seek him. Remember the wonders that he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings that he has given. God is good. When it comes to a second one of these practicing these Ebenezer moments, they remind us to be grateful. Now I know a lot of you here today coming out of the Thanksgiving season probably had that question around the dinner table of what are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? And us in the Midwest, we are really good at deflecting, right? We're like oh, I'm thankful for you, right? And then like on to the next person. Like, like you don't want to really like do the, the work of thinking through like what, man, what does this last year look like? And I think one of the most important things we can do when it comes to developing a resilient faith is to be able to look back and recognize and attribute, God, you've done this. God, that was, that was you. Oh, it's a Christian answer. Oh, it's a church. No, no, like, <laughs> really, you should see when I try to, to do it all on my own. <laughs> I know that's God. I know where I should be. I know where I could have been. But God, but God, I love uh, in, um, with, uh, with business leaders, I love uh, walking in their offices and they'll, you'll see like they'll have the first dollar bill that they made and the plaque. And we have several of um, business leaders here that will like, have the Bible verse that they're like, this, this is when I knew that this was the verse that God gave me when we stepped out of the boat, when we stepped, took that step of faith. And there are those reminders of what it was like before it was now, if you will. Uh, for us, like, uh, I'm a memory hoarder, and I, uh, like, in my office, I have all these little trinkets, because I don't, man, I don't want to forget, I don't want to forget what it means, what God has done, because I want to continue to practice an attitude of gratitude in a way that reflects who God is and what he's done. We see this represented in Luke chapter 17. I'm just giving you guys a bunch of homework text here as you uh, go on this week, but Luke 17, it's a story of the 10 lepers that came to seek healing from Jesus, and Jesus heals them. But only one comes back. And I can imagine this moment, he's walking and he recognizes that he's healed. He's like, yeah, I didn't do this. This wasn't that podcast that I heard from like, hey, live from Jerusalem. Like, no, like, this was Jesus. And And Jesus, I just wanna go back. I don't know if anybody's told you, thank you. You didn't have to, but you did. And we see this attitude of gratitude that was being practiced. And so Ebenezer moments remind us that God is good, to be grateful. And the third and final one is simply to go. To go and tell people of all that God has done, what he has spoken, what he has shared. The promises that you've seen fulfilled throughout your lifetime. I, see, I love it in Mark chapter 5 that... After, um, That after Jesus gets to this part of the the country, that there's a man possessed by by demons. He comes up and Jesus heals him. And the man's like, Can I come? Can I come with you? And Jesus goes, No, go and tell everybody of what is taking place. And you look through scripture, Mark chapter five, you can find the story, Mark chapter five, verses one through twenty. But then we see at the end of verse 20 here, it says, So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. You see, there's this this moment that what God did, that story that we heard, one of the most powerful things you have is your testimony. This was my life before God. This is my life now. This was my life before I invited Jesus in, and this is my life after. Well, I don't know. I Googled this, and I saw this on TikTok, and this said this, and this said... Listen, all I know... This was my life before. This is my life now. Well, I'm sure there's some reason. I'm sure you could spend weeks and weeks trying to figure out why. All I know is God showed up. God did this and God spoke this. I was in a I was teaching a class here recently, and a part of the assignment and exercise I like to do is um, I'll ask them like, Hey, why are you getting in? to ministry, right? Or like, why are you getting into the field that you're getting into? And this class had a room full of, of people that are feeling called to ministry and want to be pastors. And I just simply asked the question and said, hey, what is it outside of you sharing? Like, well, I heard this one speaker. They sounded really cool. And then I, wanted, I, just, I knew I wanted, and i like, no, that doesn't count. Like, right? Like, what is it that God did that says, I just, I, I know this is it. And let them take 10 minutes. And they went off, and they began collecting notes. And they came back. And what was so amazing It became this emotional moment that I wasn't ready for. A young man begins to cry. He goes, man, what God did for my family, what I saw God do, I I just, I gotta tell other people. Like, like we all start getting emotional in this group because it, it was just such a personal, like, I saw this, I heard this, I knew where we were at, but God, and I gotta tell somebody, Maybe you're a part of the things that we take away from this message today is what is your family's testimony? What is the, the, what is the story of you coming to Jesus look like? I love uh, like um, listening to my sons. They'll, they'll ask uh, my mom and dad and their stories and, and watching my parents still like choke up over just the realization of how good God is. It never ceases to amaze me. There's a song that uh, a lot of us um, have heard before. It's an old hymn. It's called Come Thou Fount. And uh, there's a young man named Robert Robertson who back in the late 1700s penned this, uh, penned this hymn. But his life was not one to look at and, and try to even model after. Initially, his, he lost his father at a young age and his mother, recognizing that there was nothing for him in the town that they lived in, sent him off to, to learn some skills and trade to hopefully, at that point, begin to make a good living for himself. But instead, as, as a, a, he was a young man, young adult, and he got lost, got caught up in the wrong crowd. But one night, he heard this preaching, and there was a church service going on, and he finds his way in one of the front pews while George Whitfield was sharing a message. And that night, Robert Robertson, he, he gives his life to Jesus He goes all in, he's so excited that he gets involved in the local church there at the age of 23 and he just begins serving and pouring everything he has into the community, into the church. And he pens this song as his Ebenezer moment. And he looks back and he wanted to remind himself that God, this is where I was at. But Lord, you showed up. Though my soul may be prone to wander, God, you showed up. So here I raise my Ebenezer. I have some friends here with me um, today that um, we're gonna actually sing this song. And while they're singing, what I would encourage you to do, the lyrics will be on the screen. But this might be the first moment in a while that you've done this, but I just want us to pause for three to four minutes. And I just want us to reflect back on God. Where have you shown up? Where is it, God, that you've shown up that maybe I have missed or I've overlooked or I've forgotten because of my pace of life? Because of all the stuff going on in my world, because of the things that I'm navigating. So it might be opening up your photo album on your phone and just going back through some old photos. It might be taking out the note card and seat back in front of you and just beginning writing down, like, God, you've shown up in this way, and this way, and this way, and this way. It could just be listening to the song or just singing out these lyrics, but I want to encourage you just for the next three to four minutes, let's pause, let's reflect and all that God has done for us.
1: stranger, wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger. Into post his precious blood.
2: Oh, to grace how great a death. Like goodness like a fair
1: seal, seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and see.
0: I don't know about you, but man, I'm I'm grateful. Those moments when we pause, they can be so difficult with the demands of life, but to pause and truly reflect on just how good God is, how much He's done. What he's spoken. What I love, just even the gospel message. We have, as Christians, what the greatest Ebenezer reminder when you look at the cross. Jesus was crucified with on Calvary. The empty tomb where the stone was rolled away these moments in this we look back at all that has already happened who are we to not fight to remember all that god has done who are we to think that it was on our own human effort our own knowledge see here's the power of when we know these things right you see the title of our message If you know, you know that if you know that God is good, if you know that what God has done and that he's active, if you know what he has said, then you know he's still good then you know that he's still at work. You know that he is not for a moment ever pressed pause, that you know that God is still speaking, he's still leading, he's still guiding, he's still there, he is still with us in the highs and the lows. That when you know, you know. In these moments where life comes at us at such high speeds, it's drawing back to these moments of God the rocks of remembrance as we see in our text. What does that look like for you and your family? The moment when you're a young person, all of a sudden you're like, God, I don't know who this is anymore. Like, I, I blinked and at one point they were this young, innocent tolerant. and now God, they're wandering and God, uh, God, do you even see them? God, do you even notice them? God, do you, even, he goes, I got you. Mother praying for your lost son, I got you. For the family, it's like, God, do you not see what we're going through? He's going, hey, hey, as I did it before, I can still do it, I'm still at work. Because when you know, you know that God is still at work, He's still at it, and in that, we draw. We draw from this well when it comes to the fights that we come. See, here's what I know and I love about our church. Pastor has this from the top down. We are not a church that is just here to, we want a faith that's fit for fun. We want a faith that's fit for a fight. Because we recognize that as you walk back into the communities that you're planted in, the communities that God has called you to, the homes that you're leading, the schools that you're a part of, the business that you're leading, the business that you're running, God is using you. God has planted you there for such a time. And then those moments that he has brought you are to serve as stories and reminders and encouragements for those that are beginning to step on that journey and say, like, listen, hey, I've been there. I've seen that. I've heard that. But let me tell you what God's done. Let me tell you how God showed Let me tell you what God has spoken. And to begin to share in such a way that would encourage and to build up. Because here's what I know is at stake. There's a generation to come. There's a younger generation that's watching. Boomers and Xers, millennials are watching you. Millennials, Gen Z is watching you. Gen Z, Alpha is watching you. Someone is always watching. Here's what is terrifying why I'm so intentional about this moment of story and remembering. We see in the story of Joshua one of the most heartbreaking scriptures in all of the Bible. It's that a generation departed that knew not what God had said or done. A generation that literally forgot. May we not be a group that forgets. Can we continue to pause Have these moments where we draw back and say, God, you are good. God, you've done the miraculous. And God, I know what your promises are. And God, I'm gonna hold fast to these because you are too good to forget. You are too good. At this time, I'm gonna invite everybody to stand up as we get ready to close. We're just gonna take a moment, we're gonna step into a time of worship as an external response to what we sense that God's doing internally. That it's some of these things, that as the Holy Spirit begins to stir it up and those reminders, not of guilt, this is not one of guilt and shame of how dare you forget. No, it's it's a reminder that we can draw this joy and this peace, these fruits of the Spirit inside of us of recognizing what God has done, who He is, and what He's spoken. And so in this moment of worship, just for the next few minutes before we close, before we go off to our different lunch appointments and things like that, can we just take a few more minutes and begin to worship this God, this good God, because He has been so, so good. So if you would feel comfortable with this in this moment, from the back balcony the floor, I'd encourage you just to begin to extend your hands right now as an external response, once again, to something that God is doing internally. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, oh God. We thank you, that God, that you have never forsaken us, Lord God. That even in our wandering, Lord God, that you are patient, Lord Jesus. We thank you as it's spoken of in James chapter 4, verse 8, that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us, Lord God. And so, Lord, we just pray in this moment, as we sing this song, as we begin to declare the goodness of God, as we begin to declare, God, our attention, our focus back to you. God, we pray that we would just sense, Lord, your presence, your spirit here this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time.
2: We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.